And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. We made it to a Friday. Thank you. And another thing. And another Another thing thing Friday. Friday. Uh, this from uh, CNN and you and I were just talking and, and it always just amazes me since I've uh, been in, uh, I've actually done a little bit of uh, thinking about my history and talk radio because when I mentioned earlier the sister soldier moment and realized it was 1992, mm. you know, and, and, and that whole thing that uh, that's what Bill Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton, that's what Joe Biden needs. Uh, Bill Clinton going after Sister Soldier, uh, Soldier, excuse me, when she said way back then that if blacks are killing blacks, they should take a week off and just kill whites. Mm-hmm. And then just went on to be throw just racist stuff. And Bill Clinton came out against it. And that uh, Sister Soldier moment is when you decide to go against the allies or something that your own party has been against or been for. Because it is so radical that you realize you have to come out against it in order to get the independent vote. Right. So that would be a sister soldier moment, which he said was the attempt by Biden the other day to say, I'll close the border <laughs> if the Republicans allow me. Because yeah, yeah. that was a, that kind of moment. They just need to give me the power. And then I, I said that it really is amazing since the beginning of my, when I started doing talk radio in 1989. It really is amazing how, because it doesn't seem long. There are parts of it of your life that seem long. But some of my uncles who uh, always voted Democrat, they were Mm. probably more fiscally liberal and socially conservative. Mm. What you would call, uh, what you would call the, uh, uh, from where I come from, the South Buffalo Democrat, Mm. which used to be. Uh, more fiscally liberal and socially conservative. For example, extremely pro-life. Not like those North Buffalo 
socialist communist. That's why nobody likes North well, Buffalo. And 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 my my brothers or my brothers, my uncles would always say the Republicans are for the rich, the Democrats are for the working guy. Yeah. The excuse me, working. Not working. Wor- not working. For the working guy. Yeah. And I can still remember my my uncle saying that all the time, constantly. Yeah. And when you see now that the you know, what what Roy Teixeira is saying, who is you know who who we were quoting last hour, who wrote that you know, piece about you know uh, that Biden's got to change in order to win. Um, it's just amazing that the advice is basically stop being the party of the rich. It's like wow, how the heck did this happen? And then we had talked last hour, as we have this week, and even last week uh, about uh, uh, unions and where. You know, the unions are going and the UAW last week and Sean Fain getting up there and doing the interview where uh, with, it was Neil Cavuto, right? Yeah. yeah he's doing it with Cavuto. Yeah. yeah. And basically saying, no, 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 uh, we're, we're for Biden, even though the great majority of our great majority. Yeah, a great majority. Great majority of our members. Not a handful or right. even some. You could be ambiguous right. and just say some. But a, a gr- few. But a great majority are going to support Trump. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was amazing because I i will say this. In all of my years, I have never seen a union leader so weak and so, you could tell, conflicted about the things that he was saying when he was saying them. Yeah. Like, this isn't going to go over well. Yeah. No, he like really... Like, he knew what he was, it, as he was he saying was, it. He was hesitating. He, and I don't know why. By the way, of all the people on Fox News, Neil Cavuto is not the one that's going to corner you. So it wasn't the setting that he was in. I don't know why. He came off almost nervous. And he could have been very ambiguous. Well, Neil, there's no doubt that a few of our members might vote the other way. But here, let me focus on why we're supporting. He didn't do that. A great majority. That was his words, and he said it twice. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. So I see this story just during the top of the hour, and I went, oh, interesting, from Mm -hmm. CNN. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden and Donald Trump are tussling over the union vote. Biden, who is meeting with United Workers, United Auto Workers in Michigan uh, uh, on, uh, this was yesterday, on Thursday, finds himself trying to fend off Trump's overtures to a traditionally Democratic constituency. Uh, Trump's efforts seem to be paying off, polling data shows as Biden fights against the long-term trends of union members shifting away from Democrats. Take a look at the recent New York Times-Siena College polling in the six closest swing states that Biden won in 2020. And this would be Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Biden and Trump were tied at 47% among union members when asked how they would vote in 2024. When the swing state voters were asked how they voted in 2020, Biden won the group by an eight-point margin. The union vote is especially important in Michigan, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. Somewhere between 14 and 15% of employees in these three states are represented by unions. Between 12 and 13% of employees in these states are themselves union members. And by the way, nationwide. Now, see, I don't know. Are they including public unions in this? That's a good question. Because that could completely know. skew this polling, by the way. Mm. It says the latest polling may be a surprise given that union members are generally thought of as uh, a strong Democratic group. It uh, it shouldn't be. Um, it it shouldn't be not it should be no surprise because of the the, the change here. And then they go through and, and talk about the the past and where Biden won union workers. But think about this. I think most of the loss has been with the private unions, uh, the private sector unions. I still think I don't see any evidence that changes my mind that public unions still aren't overwhelmingly Democrat. Right. Right. Yeah. And so if you've had this move. I'd like I'd like the break I'd like the breakdown between the private sector unions and the public sector unions mm. to see where it's because we know that private sector in the private sector unions are down to only six percent of the working force. Right. But yeah, that's that's just that's fascinating. Mm. It really is. Mm. Uh, we're far <laughs> right. We're far cry from 1948 when Democrat Harry Truman won union workers by. 62 points over Republican Thomas Dewey. Truman almost certainly would not have won the election that year without them. So uh, there you go. Well, like I said, one of the things that killed it, let me read here today, a lot of Republicans, including Trump, try to appear as populists. No, some of his positions are populist. A lot of things that he's promoted are Definitely yeah. populist. Some of the movement among organized labor away from Democrats can, in fact, be attributed to larger forces affecting politics, mainly the fact that 
non-college graduates of all stripes have become friendlier to the GOP. And, as we've stated, the union members know it. Union members know that that for years, this all started with, the, I believe, the the modern movement of unions away from the Democratic Party and their leadership started with illegal immigration. And we go back yeah. to that. Remember the Nevada story mm. where Harry Reid said, <laughs> because there are the, no, not even one, because the local unions were furious about mm-hmm. illegal immigrants working right. on construction sites. Right. And Harry Reid came out and said, there aren't any working anywhere in the state of Nevada. And he was just mocked. There's there are no yeah. illegals working on any yeah. construction sites, not even one. Right. In the entire state of Nevada. And and we said, and the union leadership, fully behind the open border policies. Mm-hmm. And that would have been back in the Obama era. Yeah. And we right. were just like, why? And I think that's when you started seeing the shift in movement. And I do think that the killing of the Keystone Pipeline was a message sent by Biden his first day to hell with union members. I don't even care if it makes sense. I'm just getting rid of your jobs. He did it again this week with the LNG. It's probably got to be, a, uh, you know, the LNG exports and, you know, having, you know, uh, those exports come and, you know, building more infrastructure and everything for them. Sorry, that stops. Why? Climate change. Even mm-hmm. the climate change people mm-hmm. in the Democratic Party said, no, 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 no. It, it doesn't. It doesn't affect the climate change. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. He's got to shut it down because that's what the radical left uh, wants. Yep. Killing more jobs and probably a lot of union jobs. He doesn't care about union members. He doesn't care about the worker in general. Right. And when he closed down the Keystone XL pipeline, tens of thousands of union jobs were lost for no reason at all. Union members recognize that. It's not just some that the because this thing here well you know a lot of non-college graduates of all stripes have become friendlier to the gop Mm. why specifically why yeah why is that right you know if you look at minorities and their attraction to trump that's because the uh their their job participation rate skyrocketed under trump again we go back to the you know what the voters often do and they they compare the yeah. last administration to the current administration and they and and often it is man i wish we could go back to yesterday right well the fact is with trump on a number of things people are going man i wish the economy was the way it was leading up to covid and and that's a real thing and he's running again it's not like he was a two term president and he's not coming back this is a very real thing, and there is very good reason for people, working class individuals, to be on board. This just makes the point we're making. They they interviewed, they did the polling on all union members, including public sector okay. unions. All right, all right, there you go. It said, you might think that this divide between the union bosses and the rank and file uh, th- that this is a divide between the union bosses and rank and file. Well, mm. part of it is, mm. though I'm not sure that's entirely right. Uh, uh, while people are most likely to think of a union worker as someone on an assembly line, the fact is that the union workers are far likelier to be in education, 
training and library occupations, Mm. 32.7%. Additionally, public sector employees are much likelier to be part of a union, 32.5%, than the private sector employees, 6%. Remember just a couple of years ago, it was like 10%. Yeah. Unions are getting killed in the private sector. Yeah. They're only growing. They're only growing where uh, labor leaders like the late George Meany and labor supporters like FDR, absolutely Mm. against unions being in government. Absolutely against it because unions are supposed to be there to share the uh, ill-gotten booties from management. Yeah. Booty, not booties. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a totally different talk show. It's time to go home. It may not even be our talk show. It's time to go. <laughs> that is a different conversation was that, altogether. Was that a Freudian slip or was that a Freudian slip? <laughs> Ill-gotten booties. Ill-gotten booty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, so the public sector, 32.5. That's going to be the death of unions. Yeah. Because what happens is when once unions are gone in the private sector – and they're they're in governments, and governments need to become more efficient because the mm-hmm. budgets are tighter, inflation, mm-hmm. debt, everything else. They're going to say, "Sorry, we got to subcontract what you do to, to the private sector." And AI and technology is going to make it much easier, even for the federal government, to move towards much more technology than human workforces. And that's going to be the end of the union because the unions can't survive. Unions cannot survive by being in the public sector alone. Right, they can't. Right, because at that point it'll be like, okay, you're a monopoly union in a monopoly infrastructure of government, and this isn't as efficient as it should be. And we've seen locally; we talked about this. How many services that we now get from our towns that used to be done yep. by the government yep. are now done by private contractors? Yep, more same and more. things. Same things going to happen. Yep. Mark my word, and I don't make too many predictions. Eight six six ninety red eye. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested. Trusted, guaranteed since 1920. Significant storminess in January equated to dramatic reductions in drought coverage during the month. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says over 23.5% of the country was covered by drought as of January 30th. That is down 9.5 percentage points from what we saw on January 2nd when drought coverage was just shy of 33%. That also is down from a recent peak of slightly more than 40% of the country in drought as recently as early October of 2023. Yet most notable. That 23.5% of the country in drought, that is the lowest U.S. drought coverage since early June of 2023. Similar stories are noted for extreme and exceptional drought, D3 and D4 coverage during the same time period, reaching their lowest levels since last June. We have only two remaining pockets of exceptional drought in the country across New Mexico and Mississippi. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Loops. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, coming up, mm. Burisma. Is that the possible bribe that the Republicans are actually focusing on? We'll get to uh, that. Plus, uh, the, uh, the the border in, uh, in Texas. Just very quickly, because we haven't really talked much about it, a little bit, just a tiny bit we did, uh, the uh, the whole uh, uh, hearing yesterday mm. uh, in the Senate on uh, the social media companies and and uh, you know of the you know, sex trafficking anything else that that has happened for, especially on Instagram right. that they've that they've looked into um, there and you know they uh, Ted Cruz had Zuckerberg apologizing to some of the family members of of victims. Wall Street Journal had a great point on it saying, okay, everybody's screaming and yelling and they do this all the time, but what what could you do about it? Like, you know, to say Section 230 goes and say, okay, now the trial lawyers have an opportunity to hit you in the format that you have probably would put them all out of business because they just cannot. There's just too many things going on. Too many people are are on these, these platforms. And well, and, and it's and and betting each and every separate user. I don't know how much of a staff you would have to have because you can't do that through AI. Right. And and he said because well, and they were just right here. They go while well, companies like Meta and Snap provide tools that let parents control and see what children are doing. These are cumbersome. Teams must also give their parents access to their apps. Snap uh, CEO uh, Evan Spiegel said only about four hundred thousand of the company's twenty million teens. Uh, teen users linked their accounts to their parents through its parent supervision tool. One better idea is to require app stores, namely Apple and Google, to let parents approve app downloads. When setting up their uh, teen's phones, parents would link their emails. App stores would have to notify parents when teens want to download apps. They'd also have the option of activating controls, such as daily time limits, to see which accounts their teens are following. This would be a relatively simple fix that would empower parents. Look, well, I think that there are a lot of things that can empower parents, too, and that starts with the parents. Exactly. The parents taking control. And sometimes political commentators, Eric Harley and Gary McNamara <laughs> oh, yeah. on Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah, just a couple other things on the, the uh, Senate hearing that they had uh, uh, two days ago. And another thing. <laughs> oh, and, and yes, and another thing Friday uh-huh. uh, on uh, on the so- social media, uh, sex trafficking, things like uh, uh, that. And, you know, Ted Cruz uh, screaming at, uh, or not, not screaming, uh, and it wasn't Ted Cruz. Uh, it was uh, Josh Hawley that got mm-hmm. Zuckerberg to uh, apologize to the family of, uh, of of victims. Look, to be in that business is tough. We said this when Elon Musk took over Twitter. We said, you're going to have problems because when you say, okay, we're going to endorse full free speech. No, you're not. You're going to have to manage right. you're gonna what's have going to, on. You're going to have to mo- you're going right. to have to you're going to have to be a moderator of everything right. that's going on on that platform. And so when you when you uh, look at this, and, it, and it's tough because if you argue and you say, 
well, wait a minute, what's the Senate doing? They're screaming at these people because we all disagree that any type of sex trafficking is wrong mm-hmm. of minors is or anybody, but of minors is, you know, completely and any predators out there is as evil as you can get and completely and totally out of bounds. Right. But the fact is, what do you do to solve it? And that's where the Wall Street Journal got involved in it and said, well, you can you can have where, where uh, parents monitor it. Parents already monitor what their kids do. But if you're talking about your daughters mm-hmm. and sex trafficking, mm-hmm. well, then whose first responsibility is it? Is it social media? It's mine. Or is it the parents? It's mine. It's the parents. Because I assume, in fact, know for a fact, but I behave and has I've always behaved, my wife and I both behave this way when it comes to our children. Nobody loves our children, cares about our children more than we do. Not even the government? The I vi- heard Biden cares. The village? Biden cares about sniffing their hair, but that's just a <laughs> thing that he does. No, but that's the point. But nobody, the whole nobody, yeah. idea is that you take charge as a parent it's more than a full-time job because it will keep you awake at all hours and these are the things you have to do you you assume zuckerberg i don't trust zuckerberg i we could if if me and my colleagues on if i were on capitol hill me and my colleagues all a hundred percent of us, left and right, came up with a bill, passed it into law, or the president signed it into law, and it said, you've got to do this, I would still assume and behave as if they're not going to do it. Because it's my job. One of the fears as a parent is that there is something that happens to one of your children that is outside of your control, which is a distinct possibility, especially as they gain more and more of their own freedom as adolescents and then into adulthood. I still worry about my adult children. I can't manage their life the way I could when they were children. But when it comes to adolescence, and, and, and I think this is the thing, too. I had a conversation with one of my children one time, but it it wasn't too long ago. It was a few years ago. And they took issue with something that I said. I said, you know, I would never say that to my spouse. And I said, well, your spouse is your friend. I'm not your friend. I'm your father. And the child that I was talking to, one one of my children, just kind of, lowered their head and kind of laughed like, oh, my gosh, sorry. And you could tell they kind of snapped out of it in that moment because they, too, are a parent. And it it is the job. It doesn't matter where you work. If you have children, what is your job? What's your job title? Provider. Protector. Those are the things you do. Making a show of having any of them 
in in front of these people i assume are losers and don't care i assume in fact quite the opposite that they're working to bring on these predators onto their platform that's how far my mind goes that's the dangerous world that i paint in my mind so that i'm always on my toes right. doing my job so we can have all the shows in the world and you know I share the frustration of these parents whose children have been victimized because part of that is also knowing there are certain things in certain parts of the day that they're not in my control. And kids, it's just their nature to uh, go out of their way to hide things from their parents and when it comes to technology, they're pretty darn good at it. And those are the things you have to realize. So when all is said and done, the answer isn't ever going to be coming from one of these tech billionaires. They don't care. And even if he could prove to me he cares, he still doesn't care because he doesn't care like I care. I'm the parent. Right. And I'm not putting this on the parents of children who have been victimized. I'm just saying I'm not going to rely on and, and, and scream at a Zuckerberg because they're not part of the equation. They're, it's a dangerous world out there. And, and you said it, uh, I think you said it off the air just a few minutes ago. You know, are we going to close down the roads because we know that there are predators out there in vans? Because there are, yeah, they're out there on the streets or in neighborhoods. You see it. You still see it. Attempted abductions or abductions. Mm-hmm. It's a very scary world for parents. Very scary. And so these social media people, these you know tech billionaires, I don't put any trust in them, and I'm not going to spend my energy on going after them because it doesn't matter what you do. You're still not going to bring them to the point of caring as much as you care as a parent. Ever. It's never going to rise to that. And we have to really, as a nation, honestly, get back to parenting yeah, and, and the I way that 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 right. that that we've all that we've been pretty good at for the most part. And just because of the setup and the infrastructure and the the billions of people that sign up for all these social media accounts you can't vet everybody it's impossible there it would be it's an impossible and so, task and and that's why it's up to the that's why as you said it's up to the parent that's really well and it's up to the parent in so many things in life you're the one you're the gatekeeper yeah and you can't do everything all the time but if you know as they said if they made it now if they made it easier um, if the, the app said, okay, uh, when you get your phone, when you set it up, well, then your parents, you know, you can look at the apps and everything else and then put the permission uh, in that if they open any apps that you get the email on it. That's another great thing that you can do. Yep. yep. You can't stop everything. When, but we need a guarantee. There is no guarantee. There's no guarantee. You could, there, are, there are things you can do. And it depends on what, which liberties and, you know, and the relation you want to, to have with your children, but but also what liberties you want them to have in their daily lives. You know, there are 
I get it with adolescents. Uh, they want to fit in. They want to connect and they want to, you know, do certain things. But my approach has been, and I'm not going to even try and pretend like I can tell other people how to parent, but my approach has always been, okay, you want to do that, but there have to, there, there has to be a set of rules and restrictions. And the reason is, is because there are people out there that, that would like to harm you and they would want to damage your phone or have you do something that, you know, you don't want to do. There are a number of things that could happen. So now let's establish our boundaries. And that's what it comes down to. So we can say zero because I can control social media for any child by making sure they just don't have a phone or access to a phone. Right. And that gets to a point of how, you know, what is the age you give your child a phone and mm-hmm. what kind of a phone are you going to give them? Right. <laughs> what kind and, of smartphone? You know, the interesting thing is because I know there are millions of kids that are obsessed with it. But, you, you know, you told me about your granddaughters and I know my great nephew. Yeah. He seems to really have no interest. Yeah. Right. In social media at all. He'll post, you know, uh, he, I, I know he's on once in a while, but it's to post a, it's to post a you know, a basketball picture or something right. like that. Yeah. And yeah. even when it comes to texting, the response I get from him 99% of the time will be, hey, you want to go do this? And then what about this afterwards? And then this, and then we're going to do this, and then I'll be in town and we'll do this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's it. You know, my, my, my oldest four, uh, all sisters, uh, granddaughters, um, they have varying degrees of, you know, they like the funny videos on TikTok, but they don't spend a lot of time there. They don't use it to communicate with friends. They don't use any social media. It's text message is how they communicate with friends mm-hmm. directly. But then number four doesn't really like the whole thing. She has a phone. But she sees it almost as a burden at times because, you know, okay, mom or dad might be texting and I need to, you know, keep in touch with them. You know, if they're not around me, I need to keep in touch. She's 15 and she's, it's, what's interesting is like her phone needed repair a while back. Okay. Needed to be taken to the repair store. She was like, yeah, but, and and it was like, okay, this is going to take a few days. Okay. It wasn't, oh, my gosh, how soon is it going to be? You mean like it would be for me? Exactly. Any of us, you know, who <laughs> what <are> you doing? <laughs> depend on our phones, you know. And and she's like, yeah, she didn't because I don't know if she saw her older sisters as, as having to or putting too much dependence on on uh, a dependency on their on their phones or whatever. She's just not that into it. And. It's I I love that. I love that fact about her. But the fact is also that adolescents in today's world want to be I mean, it's not just it's pre adolescents. You know, they want to have those smartphones. They they want to be able to be online. They want that virtual entertainment. But, you know, there has there has to be boundaries. There has to be limitations. There has to be rules. There has to be structure and 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 part of that, a huge part of that is that those children require that structure fundamentally. They want that structure, and proof of that is that when that structure seemed to be crumbling during COVID, and they were told that if they breathed on someone or someone breathed on them, that they could die, and everyone was wearing a mask and 
the you know the over uh, way uh, way over the overboard response to COVID caused what what is clearly now a, some mental issues mm-hmm. with these because it was yeah. disconcerting, and it it was disconcerting because that structure integrity was was gone they require that kind of structure they require the discipline that comes with parenting they want they need parents to tell them everything's going to be okay but they also need those parents to say we're going to make sure it's our job to make sure that it's going to be okay and here's how we do it you can get some liberties and you know as we go through this life together but part of our job, the biggest part of it is keeping you safe. And that's going to come with boundaries until you become an adult. And that's just the way it is. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. I'll have to make sure I pull it out on Monday. It was uh, the uh, article of Federalist.com, Molly Hemingway on mm. uh, Texas yeah. and uh, the border and everything else. And she she brings out, and really, she lists, and we'll, we'll get to it, like I said, next week, but she, not enough time in the week. But she, <laughs> there isn't. She, she lists, like, all the different media headlines that got everything wrong, how everything yeah. was wrong. Wow. The Supreme yeah, Court I never ordered... Uh, 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 the state of Texas to do anything. Right. But then she talks about some specific things where in the law, she's like, the federal government is saying, Texas has no sovereignty here. And she goes, here's what the law says. For example, in Eagle Pass, that the federal government can control that particular area of 25 miles warrantless wise and stop cars, the, the, everything else. If it's about making sure that people don't cross the border, don't come across the border. And she goes, they put that authority in to allow people to cross the border. Mm. So the, the, and so, and the state of Texas said it back to them. That's not, you're not protecting the border here. This is what the federal law says. She goes, actually, when you look at it point by point, Texas is following the law. The federal government is not. Nope. Great point. And I went, whoa. Great point. That's, I mean, that's all stuff that will be brought up in the legal case in court. Yeah. And by the way, we might see that we're supposed to see that Senate bill on the border sometime this weekend. Yeah. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.